0: Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today we're gonna to be talking about health savings accounts. And, and I love the notation that Peter gave me. It says it's the best thing since sliced bread. Good morning, Peter, how are you? I'm great, how are you, Eric? I'm doing well. So sliced bread is great, but uh, you and I were talking earlier, and I know that you and your wife went on a wonderful vacation recently and and got to taste some cuisine of Mexico and did some cooking and things. So let me ask you this. Is an HSA, a health savings account, is it as good as a homemade
2: fresh tortilla? Uh, It's awfully close. (laughs) (laughs) It's awfully close. It's awfully close. Uh, But I think the the HSA has more uh, long-term effects.
1: Long-term benefits compared to a tortilla.
2: Long-term benefits,
1: yes. Yeah, tortillas, pretty much enjoy it in the moment and uh, do a little bit of working out if you have too many of them. So yeah, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm excited to get into this topic. Health savings accounts are not everybody's favorite subject and it's not necessarily my favorite subject, but I think this is really interesting. A lot of the notes that you've given me and a lot of the things that we've talked about in the past, like in previous podcasts, you've talked about tax planning, and, and you've mentioned that uh, the HSA, or health savings account, uh, are fantastic vehicles. And I know today's podcast, you're gonna do a deep dive into that. So where do we really start for that?
2: Yeah, let me, I think the best thing to do is just really describe how HSAs or health saving, savings accounts work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just right now, they're becoming more and more popular, more and more companies are rolling them out, and I'm finding that many more of our clients have, have them available to them. And we just strongly recommend that people consider taking advantage of it. It, It's basically a personal savings or investment account that's tax advantaged, Mm -hmm. especially if it's used for uh, qualified medical expenses. So there are lots of advantages. There are some disadvantages that people need to understand and and see how that that applies to them. And in in this podcast, uh, we'll give you background and some planning strategies.
1: Okay, so in in my wife's uh, profession, at her job, she has something called a flex account. Is that kind of the same thing? Have you heard that terminology before?
2: Yeah, sure. A flexible spending account is, uh, I would say, not quite as uh, flexible and as uh, beneficial as an HSA. Okay. But if the HSA is not available, then the flexible uh, spending account should be part of your overall healthcare budgeting.
1: Got it. Okay. So, well, maybe we can touch on flex savings or flex accounts later. Let's really drill in on a health savings account, which sounds a bit different.
2: Yeah, it, it is different. And I'll, and I'll compare the two along the way. Okay. So, um, you can contribute to an HSA only if you're enrolled in a high deductible health plan. So, if, hmm. you're, if your health plan has a, a deductible of at least uh, $1,350 for an individual and $2,700 for a family, your plan might be deemed to be a high deductible health plan. Uh, you'd really have to check with your insurance company to mm-hmm. make sure it's HSA eligible. But if you've got this kind of plan, you can make contributions to it, to to the HSA. Got it. Okay. Okay. So the maximum contribution to an HSA in 2019 for an individual is $3,500 per year. Mm-hmm. And for a family, the maximum contribution is $7,000 per year. And if, you're, if anyone's over age 55 uh, or 55 or older during the calendar year, you can contribute an additional $1,000 to the HSA.
1: So is this something that's offered through your, your work Or is it something that you buy separate and you just have to qualify based on your health plan?
2: Well, it could be either. Okay. Um, If you are eligible, if you are participating in a high deductible health plan, your employer likely offers an HSA. Got it. But if they don't, you can always open an HSA at a financial institution uh, that offers them. All
1: right. Make contributions. And I assume you offer it.
2: Uh, we offer it, but, but but I would say most of our clients are taking advantage of their, their employer's HSA.
1: Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Got it. Okay. So um, any eligible individual can contribute to an HSA. So if your employer offers one, both you and your employer can make contributions. And I often see that is uh, that an employer would, uh, as part of their overall benefit planning, Make additional contributions to the HSA on behalf of employees. Mm.
3: Uh,
2: family members can also make contributions on behalf of other family members, that's as nice. long as as that other family member is eligible for the HSA. Yeah, yeah can be, that's a nice feature.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, contributions made to the HSA are not taxable, and similar to to deductible IRAs or four hundred one k contributions. It, it's it's basically tax free going in, and that's a significant advantage. So,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, if you're making contributions to the HSA, you're reducing your taxable income, and that's great. So that's a a primary advantage of the HSA. Yeah, it's similar to the flexible spending account. If you're making contributions to a flexible spending account through your employer, then those contributions are are not taxed. Mm-hmm. The, another advantage of the HSA is the earnings grow tax deferred so the HSA funds can be invested in interest-bearing uh, savings accounts or mutual funds stocks and bonds okay and the earnings on these accounts are not taxed by the IRS mm. uh, however some states like New Jersey do tax the earnings so it is somewhat tax-specific, uh, state-specific, but most states do not tax those earnings. Got it. Okay. You can withdraw funds from the HSA tax-free in order to pay for what are, what we call IRS qualified medical expenses, which are basically deductibles, coinsurance, prescriptions, vision, dental care, uh, anything that the IRS deems to be a qualified medical, medical expense.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you can even use your HSA uh, funds to pay Medicare premiums as well as long-term care premiums. Okay. So that's, that's a you know, as we think about future planning strategies, keep in mind that, that it can be used for Medicare premiums and long-term care. So it's tax-free going in. It's tax-deferred while you're accumulating. And it, it, it's tax-free coming out
1: that sounds so the, pretty good <laughs>
2: that's, yeah it really is um, so think of that as the uh, as the as a tax-free trifecta mm-hmm. um, you can take money out of the H- HSA for something other than qualified medical expenses and if you're older than age 65 you will have to pay regular income taxes on your withdrawal all right. If you're younger than age 65, you also have to pay an, uh, a 20% tax penalty.
1: Oh, that's no good.
2: Yeah, that's no good. And that's one of the disadvantages of the HSA. If you're under 65, your money is in an account that uh, you've not paid taxes on. If you need those funds for something other than medical, uh, you'll have to pay uh, both the 20% tax and regular income taxes. Mm. So uh, That's a disadvantage of the HSA, Uh that penalty tax, if you're younger than age 65. Uh, If you have money left in your HSA account at the end of the year, it rolls over for the next year. And Uh it's portable, and it's always available to you even if you change health plans, employers, or or if you retire. And that's different than the flexible spending account. Uh With the flexible spending account, your money is deposited into an account for, for, for your benefit to spend for your health care. But if you don't spend it by the end of that year, you lose it.
1: Exactly. And we've, we've had that discussion before. Uh, my wife and I have said, okay, we gotta we got to spend this down uh, if we're not going to be going to the dentist or we're not going to have that deductible that we we had kind of figured on. we got to spend that down so that we don't lose the money.
2: Yeah. So th- th- that's a, the disadvantage of the, the FSA, the Flexible Spending Account. And that w- uh, is one reason why the HSA has become so popular because you can contribute the same amount to the HSA, mm-hmm. uh, but you're not going to lose it if you don't spend it.
1: That is definitely a huge advantage, Peter.
2: It really is. Uh, here's an, here's an, another interesting strategy that you can utilize within HSA. You don't need to take a distribution from the HSA in the year you've incurred the the medical expense. Mm-hmm. You can save your past medical expense receipts and take a tax-free withdrawal in the future from your, SH, from your HSA. Hmm. So if you have a um, $1,000 expense in 2019, you could actually pay for that expense out of pocket, but save that receipt. And in in 2020, in 2025, uh, in 20 years from now, you can then take the $1,000 out tax-free because that's an expense you incurred while you were a participant in the HSA.
1: Gotcha. So as a scenario, as an example, let's say you deplete your HSA Uh, you had a lot of medical things happen and and you've depleted it and you have one more large expense, that thousand dollar receipt, like you said, you pay for it out of pocket, but then you can kind of get that reimbursed in that next year or the following year or in a future year. Exactly. Yep. Got it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's, it really is. It gives you a lot of flexibility. Yeah. So it's tax-free going in, it's tax deferred, like you said, while it's accumulating and it's tax-free coming out and we know that sounds awesome. <laughs> anything, anything we could do to, to be tax-free is is great. Um, are there other kinds of savings account that offer similar benefits? Um, and, or, and or could you give us some examples of how a client might use the HSA in their overall planning?
2: Yeah, as far as other tax-advantaged accounts, there really aren't any others that provide this trifecta, this, mm-hmm. this triple tax-free advantage. IRAs and 401k plans can offer two tax advantages but n- no other accounts offer all three. Mm-hmm. So that's why financial planners really like this HSA account. Over time it can it can all those earnings that can accumulate over a long period of time can really uh, can can come out tax free and that's that, that's that's Stupendous.
1: Yeah. And like you said, comparing it to an FSA, it's much more flexible and you don't, you know, you don't have that fear of losing the money at the end of the year. It, it rolls to the next. I and mean, there's, there's a lot of advantages, it seems.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right. So let me give you a, a couple of examples okay. and you can see how the, how the HSA could be used. So uh, first example, Jill and Harry, they're both in their mid thirties. They've got two kids. They're doing well financially they're saving for retirement. They're contributing to 529 plans for their kids' uh, education needs. Uh, they own a home with a, a, a moderate mortgage, and they pay off all their credit cards each month. Uh, they're also eligible to make H- HSA contributions through uh, Jill's employer, but they just haven't yet. They, they don't didn't really understand how it could benefit them. Mm-hmm. When they think about their annual out-of-pocket expense, medical expenses, there's usually between. So, you know, they're a healthy family, but stuff comes up, whether it be new eyeglasses Mm -hmm. or a medical test here and there, they do have annual expenses. Mm -hmm. So right now they pay for their qualified medical expenses, co-pays, deductibles, dental vision with after-tax dollars. Mm -hmm. So just for, give you an example, if, we, if they have $750 of medical expenses, and they're in a 25% marginal tax bracket, they actually have to earn $1,000 of, of income to pay for the $750. Uh-huh. So that $1,000 of gross income is taxed at 25%, and their net after tax income is $750. Yep. So, so if Jill and Harry contribute seven hundred and fifty dollars to the HSA, it's a tax-free contribution. Uh-huh. And if they use the HSA to pay for these unreimbursed qualified medical expenses, the seven hundred and fifty dollars is withdrawn from the HSA tax-free. Yep. So, in a sense, this saved them two hundred and fifty dollars in taxes. Yeah, and if they don't spend all of their seven hundred and fifty dollars in in that year, it can stay in the HSA and be used for fu- in future years.
1: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I mean, like you said in your example, they've got a couple of kids, and and just a couple of cavities will will uh, hit that pocketbook a little bit with with the kids. I mean, I know that normally the dental visits, the cleanings, and things that's all included. But once they start getting a couple of cavities, then then you're you're looking at hitting your wallet. So that's a that's a fantastic savings.
2: Oh, absolutely. And even worse than cavities are, are braces. Oh, so boy. <laughs> think about if there's a need for braces uh, in the future, uh braces can around here, you know, easily four or five, six thousand dollars. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, that'll hit you. Definitely Yeah.
2: So so um, you know, if they think ahead about what those expenses might look like, they can they can save again pre-tax, which is uh, mm-hmm. pretty pretty significant. All
1: right, how about another example? You got another
2: one for yeah. us? Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a different um, a different approach, and it's it's a different kind of client. It, it, this is uh, Sally and Tom. They're in their mid forties. Uh, they're in a fairly high marginal tax bracket. Uh, they they're making maximum contributions to their retirement retirement accounts. They're really good savers. They they've got excess cash flow, meaning their their income is is greater than expenses, and they're looking to to reduce taxes, they wanna save more for retirement. Mm -hmm. So we we had conversations about what they could do, and um, uh, we talked about the HSA as an option. So they'd like to reduce their taxes and save more for retirement, and if that's the case, again, that HSA looks perfect. Uh, Their employer offers one, and actually makes a contribution of $2,000 per year to to their HSA. Mm. Sally and Tom haven't been saving any additional funds into the HSA. Since it's a high deductible plan, they have been using it to get reimbursed from the HSA, kind of like like the first example. Mm -hmm. They don't have a lot of claims, but on average it's been about $500 to to $1,000 a year. So right now their HSA account is valued at at $6,000, it's invested in a money market savings account earning just a bit of interest each year got it so they're using the hsa kind of traditionally you know using it to pay for current medical expenses mm-hmm. and and i uh, we talked about another option we talked about how they might rethink their use of the hsa and think about the hsa more as a retirement savings vehicle because it's that triple tax-free advantage. Mm -hmm. So, we talked about maximizing the contribution each year. And since their employer already contributes $2,000, they can contribute an additional $5,000 to the plan. Because remember, the maximum is $7,000 per family in calendar year 2019. So, just by doing that, by contributing the $5,000, they'll save about $1,200 in federal taxes. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's significant. Uh, their HSA also offers a menu of mutual funds, similar to a 401k, and they should consider investing the HSA balance into these long-term investment strategies that provide investment returns that are likely to exceed the investment returns of the money market fund. Huh. So kind of shifting that dynamic, the th- thought, not, 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 to utilize the HSA to pay for current medical expenses, but think about it more as a 20-year retirement vehicle. Uh So while they can always use the HSA to pay for qualified medical expenses as they're incurred, they should really consider using their non-retirement funds or their current income to pay for those expenses. If they can, let these HSA funds continue to grow in value. And just as an example, let's say they contribute $7,000 per year into this account for 20 years and the account earns 5% per year. Uh, the the HSA will, will grow to about $240,000 by the time they're 65. And this pool of funds can be used tax-free to pay for current and past medical expenses, as well as to pay for Medicare and long-term care premiums.
1: Got it. So they just Don't. need to keep accurate records, keep all the receipts, all the things that you
2: that they paid
1: out of pocket for throughout those years.
2: Yeah, and that's a that's a negative of the HSA. Mm-hmm. You have to keep track of your of your uh, past expenses.
1: Yeah. But worth it. it,
2: <laughs> I mean, it seems, but it can be it, it's worth it, exactly. Yeah. You know, you set up a file and or or an envelope and that's where where all these receipts go. Mhm. Uh, it can be used to pay expenses for both Sally and Tom, and there isn't any forced distribution starting at age 70 and a half, like, like other retirement accounts. With other IRA accounts or 401k accounts, there are required minimum distributions, but those don't apply to a, a health savings account. Yeah. So the distributions um, that don't qualify as medical expenses are taxed as regular income after age 65. mm mm-hmm. So the, the, that's not ideal. They've gotten tax deferral over those years. Uh, but ideally what you'd like to use the HSA vehicle is is one that can fund all your your future medical expenses because all that money can come out uh, that triple tax-free. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so tax-free going in, tax-deferred accumulating, and if it's used to pay these qualified medical expenses, the distributions are are tax-free. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, there aren't any other vehicles that provide this kind of uh, tax-free uh, accumulation and distribution. Yeah. So the idea, the, the real advantage of, of, of allowing your HSA to grow is that you're turning your HSA earnings into tax-free distributions if used to pay for qualified medical expenses. So again, Tom and Sally will have contributed $7,000 over over twenty years, that's one hundred and forty thousand dollars, and all those earnings uh, are eligible to come out to pay for um, the, the, these current and past medical expenses. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I work with a lot of clients that are in their sixties, seventies, eighties, and medical care becomes a more important part of their annual expenses. Mm-hmm. It just becomes larger and larger when you're retired you don't have a dental plan typically yep. and so <laughs> if you have a root canal or, or, or significant dental work you're talking about significant uh, expenses uh, medicare can can add up each and every year long if they've got long-term care insurance uh, that can be used uh, to get distributions tax-free mm-hmm. so there's lots of uh, lots of options to to take withdrawals
1: yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely a, a huge advantage. All right. Also, one other thing that I was thinking about is that there's so much technology out there that if somebody wants to take advantage of this and save in that account for all those years and have that, I mean, that that's a huge advantage. Like you said, there are apps out there that you can actually take photos of your receipts and it does a great job of, of putting them all in order, putting them in folders and dating them for you, um, Makes it very, very easy to keep both a digital copy, which I would suggest anybody listening to this, you should have some sort of cloud, if you want to call it that. Some sort of um, memory for your photos, your documents, things like that, that's in a cloud, not on a local machine, not on your computer, um, because heaven forbid something happened, right? A fire, you could lose everything that's on your computer. You could lose a filing cabinet full of receipts. And there's so many easy, very, very inexpensive ways out there to keep all those precious memories and documents in the cloud um, so that they're safe. And if, if something did happen, you could retrieve those at any time. But there are a lot of apps out there. I'm not gonna name any of them. Simple research to, to you know track receipts, uh, but I, I would suggest somebody download one of those. What do you think, Peter?
2: Oh, it's a great idea. It's it's so important to to keep electronic copies of, of these important documents.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Oh. Great, great, great recommendation.
1: Yeah. So any disadvantages, true disadvantages to the HSA? You kind of tapped on one earlier, but anything else that we need to be aware of?
2: Yeah, no, I just, I think uh, revisiting the disadvantages are, are, and there aren't that many. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's the, uh, the, the 20% penalty tax if you're under age 65, taking withdrawals for uh, non-qualified medical expenses. But other than that, it's just a matter of can, can is the HSA fitting into your overall cash flow? Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you save that extra $1,000, $2,000, $5,000 for the future? And and most people recognize that they're going to have some medical expenses come up, so take advantage of as much of it as you possibly can. One thing to think about is just how how the HSA plays out uh, throughout your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you predecease your spouse, for example, uh, she, he or she becomes the, the HSA owner for that account, and the same rules apply. So, nice. it can be used for, for both uh, husband and wife. Hmm. Uh, you can also name your children as beneficiaries. And at that point, if there's at the, at the second death of the, of the couple, um, the, the children are the, are the beneficiaries and the HSA terminates. And that is a taxable distribution. You, no getting around that. Mm. So the result is not great, but it's not absolutely terrible. The, the, uh, uh, everyone's gotten tax deferral over those many, many years. And at some point, they do have to pay taxes. And hopefully, um, you know, post-retirement in your 60s and 70s, you're aggressively utilizing uh, the HSA mm-hmm. and spending it down. Well, t- two points real quick. One, one quick question.
1: Is there a time frame if, if you were to pass and the HSA terminates and it's your, your children are the beneficiary? Is there a time frame where they have to take that out or can they leave it and let it continue to grow even though they'll have to take out taxes or take uh, uh, distributions eventually? Is there a time frame when they have to start that or, or what's that look like?
2: Yeah, they have to basically the HSA terminates and they have to take their distribution uh, probably within, within that year. Oh, it has to happen right away.
1: Okay. So when you say distribution, are you talking about the entire, the entire amount?
2: Yes. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Is it, is it possible to roll an HSA or when an HSA term is, is it possible to roll it into something else?
2: Not uh, if you're, if the beneficiary is someone other than your spouse. Got
1: it. So if it's your children, they'd have to take it and they, they can't roll it into something else.
2: Correct. It's it's basically taxable income at that point.
1: Got it. Yeah. No, I, and I, I mean, I still think this is a incredibly valuable thing. And this really isn't necessarily something that you're planning as part of uh, an inheritance, part of a, something that you're passing down to the next generation. This truly should be used, like you said, for those medical expenses that are that are coming up. I know my my father's 80 years old. God bless him. And I, I hope he lives another 10, 20, 30 years. Um, but dental is not covered in his in his insurance situation. He, he retired from the military and they take care of a lot of things, but dental's not one of them. And so he, as a on a fixed income, he actually goes to uh, a local school, Creighton uh, School of uh, Dentistry. And so deeply discounted prices, but he also has to spend three or four hours in a chair compared to maybe an hour because it's a student going through it with their instructor. And it's always good quality work, but Again, you know, if if you have the option not to do that, maybe save yourself some time or or go to somebody who's not a student, <laughs> you know, I think that'd be a pretty good option.
2: Yeah, this just it basically, you're you're saving for your future medical expenses mm-hmm. pre-tax. Yeah, and uh, that that is a discount of anywhere from you know fifteen to forty percent. Yeah, depending upon your tax huge. bracket. So
1: All that's right,
2: pretty significant.
1: I know we're low on time. Anything in closing today about HSAs?
2: No, it's just they're consider consider using them if they're if they're available to you. It's a great tax advantaged uh, uh, way to pay for medical expenses, and if if you can afford it, contribute uh, more and use it as a uh, more as a future retirement saving strategy.
1: Fantastic! All right, thank you, Peter, for your time. I, I really enjoyed this discussion. Learned a lot. Great, thanks, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth Is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And again, this is a great topic to be able to share with friends and family. Maybe they don't qualify for an HSA through work um, and they have something else, or maybe they do possibly qualify for one and they just don't know how to do it or their work doesn't offer one. And Peter can answer all those questions for them. So share this to, to get that conversation started. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors, securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC, investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.